the very latest from our local ag industry. The Farming Show with Dylan Honkoop is next on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. Now you can mow, dig, grade, haul, and more with the perfect solution for your property, a Branson tractor. Save your back and your wallet with one of our compact but powerful tractors here at Farmers Equipment Company. Stop by and choose from our full line of Bransons to take on your toughest tasks. With tractors from 19 to 55 horsepower, we have a Branson compact or utility tractor that is perfect for you. Want to use a rotary cutter to tame that tall brush on your property? You can do that. What about snagging a scoop from that pile of gravel to maintain your driveway free of potholes? You can do that too. Branson's six-year warranty along with our factory trained technicians will make sure your new tractor is always running great. Get the tractor you want and the peace of mind you need at Farmers Equipment Company. To learn more, visit us online at FarmersEquip.com or stop by our locations in Linden or Burlington today. Farmers Equipment Company, serving the Pacific Northwest for over 86 years. Skagit Farmers Supply operates three full-service agronomy centers, trained agronomists, precision equipment, and a full range of crop protection. Located in western Washington, they market organic bagged products in stores throughout the Northwest, including Hawaii and Alaska, which are available for pickup or delivery. Skagit Farmers Supply services nurseries providing service to large-scale production as well as smaller rural living enthusiasts. Visit SkagitFarmers.com today for all of your agronomy needs. Bill Davis here to tell you about my favorite and most trusted heating professional. That's Feller Heating. You know, with over 40 years of consistent quality service, Feller Heating and Air Conditioning make you and me the priority. They offer residential HVAC, commercial HVAC, and service and repair. Plus, as an American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, you know you get quality that lasts from a company you trust. Feller Heating. They design peace of mind. You can find them online, fellerheating.com. That's fellerheating.com. New laws in Washington State that were supposed to help farm workers are actually hurting them, taking away flexibility that they had in the past to make more money and support their families. What is this? It's the, the new laws regarding overtime in agricultural work. Welcome back to The Farming Show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop. There was a hearing about this uh, down in Olympia. I want to share some of that audio with you here this morning. Um, folks testifying from the farming community uh, about the actual stats, the impacts, what's going on, and, and why this situation. It's hard for someone to understand who's used to working in an office job or a factory job, I mean, typical, more typical work for the broader population. Uh, how this this 40-hour work week idea, uh, overtime, these kinds of rules don't fit necessarily work that exists in a natural system that has the ebb and flow. We, we say, you, you know, you make hay when the sun shines. That means you don't when the sun doesn't shine. When it rains, you may have slow times. You may not make money. It's it, the 40-hour work week, to, you know, year-round doesn't that model doesn't fit what happens with farming and and again the unintended consequences of this new law is that it's actually making it harder for farm workers to support their families it's making harder it harder for farms to produce food here in washington state let's take a listen and again this was in olympia the uh, state house of representatives labor and workplace standards committee 
hearing from three folks. We, we don't have time for the whole meeting. It was 45 minutes long. Uh, but I, I want to share the, the three folks uh, on a panel uh, that shared uh, fr- from the farming community also had some interesting questions from lawmakers for them during that. So we'll hear that coming up here on the farming show um, again uh, yesterday uh, at this hearing. Uh, let's take a listen back. It starts with uh, Rosella Mosby. We have John Devaney with the uh, State Tree Fruit Association. We've had him here on the show. Also, Rob Dollywall of Sanson Farms right here in Whatcom County uh, out by Everson. Uh, but again, starts with Rosella Mosby. We've also had her on the program. She's now the president of the Washington Farm Bureau, as well as uh, an Auburn area uh, vegetable grower. So let's let's take a listen in uh, to this committee meeting. Good morning. Thank you, Vice Chair Barry. And members of the committee, for the record, my name is Rosella Mosby, and I'm the elected president of Washington Farm Bureau, the state's largest agriculture organization representing over 300 agriculture commodities. First, I would like to thank um, Chair Sells for his many years of service to his district and this committee. Even when we have disagreed on specific issues, um, he is certainly always prioritized an open process for all stakeholders, and for that we are uh, certainly grateful. As I've traveled the state, um, meeting with farmers and ranchers in the last year or so, they frequently referred to the overtime bill as one of the biggest threats to their ability to continue to operate in Washington state. As a result, we produced a survey to better understand these impacts on the entire agriculture workforce. A copy of those results with every answer we received are currently in your email inboxes. My testimony today is on the general findings of that survey. Although the overtime phase in is only one third of the way through implementation, the feedback we received from members was staggering. Of those who responded, 23% stated their workers were frustrated and or left their job or had to find additional jobs. 54% wondered if their farm had a viable future or if they needed to just shut down. 71% reported their workers have lost work hours and or wages. 88% have experienced hardships or production losses. According to the Washington State Department of Agriculture, 50% of farms make $5,000 or less per year in revenue. The reality of that statistic is that the majority of farmers have little or no ability to absorb the rising costs, which is the reality of the farmer today. Next, Mr. Devaney will discuss some of these costs and workforce constraints on our state's large and labor-intensive tree fruit industry. This is the Farming Show, by the way, here on KGMI, listening into Joe House Barry, Labor Ranking Committee meeting. Committee. We really appreciate this opportunity to speak to you today. Again, my name is John Devaney. I'm the president of the Washington State Tree Fruit Association. We're based in Yakima and represent the growers, packers, and marketers of apples, pears, cherries, and other tree fruits in our state. 
Washington is one of the best places in the world to grow tree fruit with a favorable climate that lets our growers produce really high-quality fruit with fewer inputs and lower environmental footprint than just about all of our competitors. It's also one of the best places in the nation and in the world to work in an orchard. Washington State has some of the highest wages, labor and environmental standards, and enforcement mechanisms in the nation. While our growers have been able to remain competitive based on quality and innovations in productivity, our state's high standards mean that we're never going to be a low-cost producer relative to our competition in other states and countries. Indeed, recently our growers have increasingly struggled with keeping their production costs within the limits that consumers are willing to pay, even for fruit of the highest quality. For example, over the past uh, 10 years, many of my growers have reported annual increases in their production costs of 7% or more. Uh, that has been uh, even before the inflationary surge of the past year, uh, when those cost increases have, in some cases, gone into double digits for many key inputs. This is a particularly challenging in the case of agricultural labor, which is the most significant variable cost of production in orchards. Hired labor accounts for 60% or more of the non-land production costs of tree fruit growers. Uh, and minimum wages for temporary agricultural workers, uh, for example, uh, have been increasing by 30% in the period 2017 to 2021. Uh, those, those, that data is particularly relevant because it's based on surveys of all agricultural workers. So it's a good proxy for agricultural labor inflation. That 30% increase was at a time that the rest of the uh, economy was seeing 1% increases in overall employment costs based on uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics data. Even as production prices have been increasing, uh, prices received for fruit have not. Uh, average wholesale prices for apples have remained relatively flat in nominal non-inflation-adjusted dollars for the past decade. Several major varieties, including Fuji, Honeycrisp, and Red Delicious prices, are actually lower uh, over the last two years than they were 10 years ago uh, in absolute dollar terms. So when you factor in the effects of inflation, the pressure on orchardists uh, to contain costs is immense. That leaves little flexibility or margin for error. Unfortunately, uh, at this time, they're, they're having to cut their biggest expense. They're having to limit hours very, very tightly for workers. Uh, and that is at a time for those workers when they are experiencing the same overall inflation in the economy that their employers are experiencing. It's very difficult for them. This is a particular challenge when the phase-in for agricultural overtime pay is considered. Farmers must always plan carefully to ensure that the cost of their farming practices up to and including harvest will be covered by the prices they receive. Uh, these careful plans are always subject to surprises from Mother Nature, uh, and these surprises are coming with increasing frequency as our climate becomes less predictable. As President Mosby was discussing, growers are telling us that a 50% increase in the average cost of, of production when you pass that overtime threshold is just make some farming decisions financially impossible. Uh, it, the returns they will receive cannot be passed on, and they cannot incur those costs. This is particularly true when they're competing directly against states like New York and Oregon, which are also implementing agricultural overtime pay, but those, in those states they've received offsetting payments through, in the form of tax credits. For example, if you just go across the Columbia into Oregon, uh, growers can receive credits between 60 and 90 percent of overtime pay costs. In New York, all mandated overtime costs can be received by tax credit to offset those costs for those comp competing producers. 
In this environment, growers are forced to leave crops unharvested or to farm differently than they normally would, uh, and that results in lower quality and greater losses of fruit coming out of storage if it's picked at the wrong time. That is the result of increasing food waste. These are really difficult choices that growers are facing, and I believe Mr. Dalawal will be speaking to those in more detail and from his specific example. Again, we really appreciate the opportunity to discuss these issues with you today, and it's a pleasure to be back in person. Again, this is the Farming Show here on KGMI. Representative-elect Oleo has a question. Uh, here on, on KGMI, uh, listening into the House Labor and Workplace Standards Committee. I assume rely on a state income tax? Uh, or corporate business tax, depending on the state. Uh-huh. So in New York, it is a do no corporate... <sighs> I could check for you. I don't want to be incorrect. I know that they, I've seen the percentages, but I don't recall. Some questions back and forth right now. Again, this was in Olympia, the House Labor and Workplace Standards Committee, talking Uh, about overtime in farming and the struggles that it's presented um, and how it's actually functioning on the ground. Can you say that again? Out of a 2017 Washington agriculture census. And what was the figure? what did it measure? Fifty percent of farms make five thousand dollars or less per year in revenue. Fifty percent of farms make five thousand dollars less, or five thousand dollars or less per year in revenue. And does that include their like paying themselves, or that would be your net revenue at the end of the day? Net farm income. Yeah, your net farm income. Yeah, that's Rosello Mosby. Filing as a farm, farms in all different sizes. So that means half of the farms in our state make $5,000 or less per year in revenue. Rosella Mosby, uh, president of the Washington Farm Bureau, a grower of vegetables in the Auburn area as well, just answering questions there. Share with us the challenges of finding labor in the Yakima Valley, especially. Agricultural labor is extremely hard to find. I think it was two years ago that Employment Security Department's uh, work source reported that for, for example, uh, for the H-2A Temporary Worker Program, which is what growers will frequently try to use if they can't find domestic workers, and that requires joint recruitment through our state work source system to ensure that you give preference to and first search for domestic workers. And for all of the jobs in the state that were listed uh, potentially to be filled by temporary foreign workers, there were zero applicants uh, domestically for those agricultural jobs. And that is with higher than market rate uh, wages are required in that H-2A program in order to ensure that domestic workers are not disadvantaged uh, in, in the marketplace. So there's a lot of reasons in a tight labor market while where employees or people looking for work might choose work other than agriculture. They might want to work indoors. They might want work that's not seasonal. And when the rest of the economy is looking for willing and able workers, agriculture struggles to find people willing to take shorter term outdoor jobs. Uh, John Devaney there, president of the Washington uh, Tree Um, Fruit Association. Again, this is listening into the uh, Washington House Labor and Workplace Standards Committee in Olympia. Excuse me. Obviously, we all remember the discussions we've had over the past session or two. This Um, is Representative Hoff. Farmers need farm workers. There's no question about that. And farm workers need farmers. It's so it continually is surprising to me that we can't, you know, figure this thing out. Um, but as you look at the dynamics of a farm, uh, maybe a question for John or, or uh, Rob. Can you tell your tree fruit uh, crop when that they're going to ripe, ripen? 
you can <laughs> help me with how you schedule that. Well, growers try to plan ahead for when crops will become mature. Many of our fruit growers, for example, will grow cherries, pears, and apples so they can spread work out over time and hope that fruit will, will, of different varieties will mature in succession so they can offer longer-term, more consistent work to try to manage around labor peaks, labor demand peaks. But nature doesn't always cooperate. Uh, and some of the tools right. for being able to do that uh, are limited depending on how you're farming. For example, uh, if you get a very hot day, you might see maturity accelerate, uh, and you may have very little time in order to pick fruit at the optimal time in order for it to store well. Also, there are some... Uh, uh, chemical means of slowing down fruit maturity for conventional growers that inhibits ethylene uptake by fruit that you might get yourself an extra day or two. But if you're an organic producer, that's not an option on the table for you. Uh, so there are some tools and strategies to manage around that, but ultimately nature is going to either compress or expand that, that work schedule for you. So I can tell you that as a leek grower, um, so people think there's an off-season, and we're farming this time of year. And you can only pull leeks out of the ground when the ground is not frozen. And if you've noticed outside, the ground is frozen, which means my crew is not working this week. So, so with all it impacts whether it is summer <clears throat> or winter. And with all of that said, I, w I would bet, and, and obviously I have a bias, and I apologize for that, but um, with all of that said, you have, I'm 100% sure, that you have the best interests of your, uh, of your employees in mind in that how would you indeed operate without those employees? I mean, that it, you just can't. Uh, or you automate and eliminate jobs. I guess this is... There's a question in here somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> this is the farming show here on like KGMI. That I beat in, into everybody's head over and over again, but zucchini grows a quarter of an inch per hour in the hot sun, and every field we have gets harvested every day to day and a half. And my kids work outside with our crews because it's important for my second generation to understand where the first generation um, came from and what goes into our family farm. And so my family cannot harvest zucchini on their own. It takes every single person that comes and works on our farm to make it all work. And it's, it's not, um, it's, they're not just people. We're a farm of families. This is Sorry. audio from the, say it. the House Labor Committee Thank meeting. you very much to our panel. We have to move on to our next. Thank you for your uh, comments. State um, Representative Liz Berry there chairing that committee. She's vice chair of the Labor Committee. Um, so I, I don't know how much of that you caught. There was quite a bit of back and forth. It was interesting to hear uh, Representative uh, Hoff, I want to say. Let me just double check that. Uh, Representative Hoff jump in there with some questions and his thought on it. Yes, he's the ranking minority member on that uh, House Labor Committee talking about this issue of overtime and agriculture, the new state laws that remove the exemption for overtime uh, and how they're actually – uh, really um, putting uh, farming on the ropes, but also not a good solution for workers either. And some some pretty scary facts uh, between everything there. You know, earlier we heard uh, it started with Rosella Mosby. Again, she's a veggie grower down in the Auburn area. We've had her here on the program. She's now president of the Washington Farm Bureau. Uh, then John Devaney uh, with the Washington State uh, Tree Fruit Association packed with info in his testimony that we just heard there. 
um, all kinds of stats and, and context, not just in Washington State, but other states, what's going on nationally and beyond. Um, a lot to digest there. And then some back and forth as well uh, between members of that committee, the legislators who were there, Representative Hoff, um, let's see, Representative, who, who was the other one uh, making comments there? I think that was uh, Representative Mosbrucker, uh, if I have that right, as well as the uh, chair there at the end, uh, vice chair, I guess, of the uh, chair of the meeting, um, because the chair was uh, not there, Mike Sells, um, Liz Berry. So anyway, that is the conversation happening down in Olympia. You're going to be hearing more about this. We've been sharing these stories of farm workers who have been negative, and there are tons of them, um, uh, of, store, of farm workers who have actually been negatively impacted. They've been hurt financially by these new rules that all these folks thought was going to help them. It's actually hurting them because of the practical differences in how the world of farming works. And we've talked about this before on the show. We're going to keep talking about it. We're sharing those videos. ProtectFarmWorkersNow.org is a website where we're share- starting to share some of this stuff. Also, SaveFamilyFarming.org. Um, you can follow Save Family Farming and Protect Farm Workers Now on social media, on, on Facebook, and, and Save Family Farming on Instagram and on Twitter. We're sharing these videos so you can hear directly from the workers how they're feeling about this. And let me tell you, it's not pretty. They're not happy about it. They're very frustrated. It hasn't been good for them. Um, and it's very hard to get around that. Uh, no matter what uh, the activist groups say about different things like uh, dignity and respect and, and all of that, those are important things. But certainly we're hearing folks uh, from so many folks, hardworking, farm, working fam- farm worker families, we're saying, well, that, dignity is not the issue that they're, they're talking about here. They just want to be able to pay their bills, and this is actually making it harder. Again, it's counterintuitive to folks who don't understand uh, the world of farming, but it is reality, and it's time for uh, Olympia and so many others to start listening to this, listening to the farm workers themselves, not the activist groups that uh, have a political end in mind and just want... Um, different progressive ideals no matter what. Listen to the actual farm workers um, for how it's affecting them. And, and something needs to be done about this. It'll be interesting to see what this committee or any other committee decides to take up uh, to address some of these concerns that are negatively impacting farm workers here in Washington State. Again, this is The Farming Show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Uh, we've got a lot more still to come. Stay with us here on uh, your Saturday morning as we continue on KGMI. It keeps your workers warm. It keeps your heavy equipment running. It keeps your customers happy. Propane. Let us take the pain out of propane. We'll make sure your tanks are full so you don't have to. Skagit Farmers Supply provides safe, efficient delivery service for business, agriculture, and residential. Visit them today and see how they can keep you warm this winter at SkagitFarmers.com. Sir, are you okay? I uh, don't like to fly. What are you worried about? I don't know. Engine trouble at 47,000 feet, maybe? Maybe had you taken the car in for regular service before it had engine trouble, we'd be driving the legendary Route 66 instead of flying over it. Could I get a couple aspirin? 
Have Bellingham Automotive schedule your bumper-to-bumper inspection and oil change before it's too late. Call the shop or visit BellinghamAutomotive.com today. This is Heidi Person, General Manager of the Cascade Radio Group, with a look at some good news in our community that we like to call the upside. The Whatcom Dispute Resolution Center, or WDRC, is a local nonprofit dedicated to providing constructive and collaborative approaches to conflict. This past October, the WDRC honored five remarkable individuals, organizations, programs, and projects at the 19th Annual Peace Builder Awards. In facing the challenges of the past year, each of the award winners represent unique, collaborative, and important efforts, like the Education Award, which was presented to Daniel Anderson at Assumption School for his dedication to students and families in Impacted by COVID-19. For a complete list of award winners, visit WhatcomDRC.org. The Upside is brought to you from a grant provided by Bayside Coin and Jewelry. They are the largest buyer and seller of gold and silver in the Northwest. Bayside Coin and Jewelry in the Iowa Business Park. If you have good news to report, email it to us at the Upside at CascadeRadioGroup.com. KPUG is the sports leader, bringing you complete coverage of the Seahawks, Mariners, Huskies, and our high school athletes. We put you in the stands of the biggest games, including the Super Bowl, the World Series, March Madness, and state championships. Plus, KPUG features the best in sports analysis and entertainment, from Dan Patrick and Jim Rome to Mike Greenberg and our own Mark Skolton. If it's happening in sports, it's on. KPUG 1170, 97.9 FM, KPUG 1170.com. The latest local news and important of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Farm workers in Washington State speaking out, saying, let us work. It's a message we've been hearing from so many people that we've talked with Um and we've been sharing videos of uh, some of their insights into what's happening with labor and Washington State's laws for labor in agriculture in the last couple of years and how it's hurting farm workers. Unintended consequences of rules that were ostensibly uh, supposed to help workers in kind of a counterintuitive way, actually making it harder for workers to make the kind of money that they want and live the kind of lifestyle that they want. Welcome back to The Farming Show. Good Saturday morning to you, Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. Glad you're you're with us. And this is something that Olympia is starting to look at right now as things are in session down there in the state capitol. Um, but what's really happening on farms and what do the farm workers themselves have to say about what they're getting paid? And particularly what we're going to be talking about here is this issue of overtime pay, of getting paid time and a half wages past a certain 
threshold. We've talked about this on the show. There was a state Supreme Court decision on this that said the state's longtime exemption for agriculture on that, um, according to the state Supreme Court, was unconstitutional. The state legislature followed that in its next session in 2020 with a decision to roll out to phase in overtime, time and a half pay for farm workers, starting with a threshold of 55 hours, that was last year. This year, it's going to be 48 hours. After that point, people are supposed to be paid time and a half. And then in 2024, next year, the threshold will get down to 40 hours a week. And a lot of people saying, well, isn't that good for workers? Well, <laughs> you would think so. And maybe in a system that's based on like a, a day-to-day, nine-to-five kind of of job, office work, working in a factory. But in the world of farming, things are much, much different. Joining me right now is a, a woman with a background working in farming in eastern Washington and a background in human resources as well um, in uh, for a tree fruit farm uh, in the Ephrata and Quincy area. Maggie Perez, welcome to the program this morning. Thank you. Yeah, we were out there in November, and, and people may have even seen uh, some of the videos that we've released at uh, Whatcom Family Farmers and Save Family Farming uh, about what's happening, Eastern Washington Family Farmers as well, uh, on Facebook, um, that include some of the, the quotes from you. You were speaking out as well as many. Uh, we, I think we talked to 18 different people. We heard from many, many more, too, that we didn't capture on video, saying they're, you know people are really frustrated with this why is this i think again like i just said a minute ago a lot of people are saying well wasn't this supposed to be good for workers why is it bad for work why are workers unhappy about this new law well uh, <laughs> yeah uh we have uh we have temporary workers and we have you know full-time employees yeah uh but usually farm work is a seasonal job uh where most most of our employees just come uh, harvest and get, go back home with pretty good money. Mm-hmm. But when when the uh, business has to pay a time and a half, then where are they going to get their earnings? So it's really affecting most of our employees, well, all of them, uh, because now their their time is cut short and they cannot make or pick or do more than what they could do. And it's like, it's not really um, helping because now they they're okay. They're, we're stopping you guys at 48 hours. This year is going to be 48 hours. So now all the time extra that they will be able to produce is cut short. And if they if they go over time, they're still not making enough money like they did before. And so mo- m- most of our employees go to the office and they're like. I can sign a paper that I don't want a time and a half and just let me work. It's like, well, it's not us, you know, it's the law now. And we can now go against the law, obviously. So, yeah, our workers are pretty frustrated and yeah. they do want, you know, they ask if they can just waive that. And obviously they can't. Right. There's no option for that in the current state law for someone to say, hey, uh, I don't actually want to do this. I just want to get as many hours as I possibly can, because if I do the math for my own budget and my own life, that's how I can make more money. It doesn't offer that flexibility anymore. Um, so you're hearing from from people that are, are really frustrated and people are actually making less money now because of this 
Yes, and, and a lot of people are leaving that industry. Really? So we lost a lot of our irrigators because they love to do the irrigation because they put so many hours. And then in winter, they can just chill with their families and stuff. And now they yep. cannot do that. And that's, and that's something that I've been talking about for a while. For people who don't understand farming, you may have a job that has the same amount of hours that somebody who works a regular nine to five kind of job. But most of those hours are worked in a shorter amount of time. And then the other part of the year, you don't work nearly as much. Exactly. I, that, to me, that's not a mystery because that's how I was raised on a red raspberry farm, you know, and, and it got busier and busier. I remember, you know. May was busy, especially for dad. I was usually still in school, but then June I'd get out of school and we'd get busier and busier getting ready for harvest. And then for us in, in red raspberries, you know, July was harvest usually give or take a, a few weeks on either end. And we didn't go anywhere and we just worked as much as we could, anything that needed to be done to get the fruit harvested. And then, you know, maybe there would be some things to do right after harvest. Sometimes we could go on vacation for a week or two right after harvest. And then there was fall work, but it would get slower and slower. And, you know, for me growing up, and I think it's probably true for a lot of farm workers, a lot of people, farmers themselves in farming, you get to December, you know, if you want to have a Christmas party or go visit some people or something, you take a few days, maybe you take a few weeks, you know, and I know in the farm worker community with so many connections to Mexico and other places, people will maybe take a month to go back home, right? Like it's, that's the, the kind of pattern of the year. At least that's how I was used to it. Is that kind of what people are used to there? Yes, yes, totally. And that and that is what people that make the law, like I said, they always I mean their intentions are pretty good. Yeah. But they don't know the farming the 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 industry, the agricultural industry. So it is very hard, you know, because in an office you can you finish what you need to finish, you know? Yep. And if you don't finish it, you can stop there, but not in agriculture. There is seasons for everything. And if you don't pick that cherry, it goes bad. If you don't finish with that, so it goes bad a day or two, yeah, and it goes bad. So we need we need those employees, and they are willing to do it because that's why they come. That's why they work in agriculture because they know that this is gonna be a season where I'm gonna be super busy. But then I'm gonna take, like you say, vacation with my family in December and all of this. And so I think it is important for lawmakers to come and see how things go and how we treat our employees, you know, because a lot of big companies can afford that. And they just say, okay, we put more housing. Like a lot of them are bringing h to workers now. We do too. But it's like, okay, we built more houses and they're still just getting the 48 hours and then we get another shift. So you're not helping the employees really. (laughs) They're going to stop them at 48 and they're going to bring more people, build more housing and just the 48 and next year just the 40 so it'll be and they're more, not bringing they'll be still spending <laughs> x amount of dollars on labor but that will be spread between more people so each individual person will get less of the piece of the pie exactly Small they're not going to benefit they're not going to benefit and i mean you work in agriculture because or you used to work in agriculture because you bring good money home yeah. in those seasons, you know, those harvest season, the spray season. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, OK, uh, it's not good for me anymore. So I'm not going to work in agriculture. 
who's yeah. gonna pick our, our fruit who's gonna do that job you know because that was that that was the benefit of of farm farming uh, that that extra money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's how I paid my way through college, for instance. You know, I go to a year of college and then you have summers off with college and I would work as many hours as I, I could. You know, I, I was planting corn or helping my dad in the raspberries again during those years. That That's I, I just wanted to make as much money as I could because I knew then I'd be done and go back to school. Um, some my part- nephew did, too. He, yeah. he used to cut hay, yeah. you know, and those are pretty long hours that he was able to to go to college and, and, and pay his way. So it just. Yeah, but if they come and say no, don't don't work the long hours. And that's interesting that you say cut hay because that's the old saying: make hay when the sun shines. Because you can't make you can't make hay in December. <laughs> there is exactly. no there's no hay being made in November, December, January, February. It's, it's, so you have to make it at a different time of the year. If you don't get those hours, then you're not going to get them. If your hours are limited, if you only get 40 hours a week, you just flat out miss those wages that otherwise would be there. Um, and by the way, this is The Farming Show. Thanks for being with us here on KGMI, uh, talking with Maggie Perez. Uh, she's an HR and, and uh, office uh, manager, secretary, uh, involved in safety training as well in the tree fruit uh, community over in eastern Washington and uh, taking the time to chat with us this morning about what's really happening, what she's hearing from so many workers over there. Certainly we're hearing it from workers here in western Washington as well. Uh, Maggie, talk about, you know, some people are saying, well, the farms just need to pay this. Um, why are the farmers cutting hours off? They're just trying to profit on the backs of hardworking, underpaid people. It's not fair. Um, even words like exploitation. Uh, what, what, what's your response to that? People saying that, well, that, that even I've even heard people saying, well, you know, these workers are just saying that they don't want overtime because they've been exploited for so long that they just I guess that's all they know. So that's why they're saying this. But they actually we, we know what they need. And, and so we're going to force this. <laughs> Uh, that is just, uh, I, I have never heard that before, but it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. I think, yeah. I don't know uh, that, for that, for that company that I work for, um, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty good people. You know, my, my, my boss is amazing and we treat people with kindness. And if you go to our office, everybody will greet you and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not exploitation. I mean, <laughs> We we have we have a pretty good HR department. If something comes up, no people just want to work, and I think that the prices are going, uh, you know, uh, up. Everything is going up, and I understand, like I say, you know, from the government point of view, but it doesn't work in agriculture. Yeah. People cannot afford to buy a house anymore. People cannot afford to even, you know, go out and eat so often anymore. So when you do this, get, trying to 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 get, make the companies pay more and over time, is like what are the benefit? What the companies also need to have, you know, uh, some sort of um, earnings from everything. Yeah, otherwise and they go I out mean, of business and nobody exactly, has a job. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, we already like most of our employees make more than other like the minimum payment. Yeah. You know, it's not that we're paying them 
less than $15 an hour. They're making more. So we are paying them good money. I'm saying we, like if it comes out of my pocket, but I mean, um, <laughs> they are making good money. They they yeah. get they they get paid good for their work because we know it's something that is a hard labor, yeah. and it's something. And these people come and say, "I'm gonna work this much," you know, right now that I'm young because I want to retire soon and I want to spend the time with my family when I'm older. Yeah. But they want to be able to have a house, to have all of these things that we we come here for the American dream, and we are having nightmares lately. Mm. <laughs> so it's not it's it's not it's not exploitation. I'm I'm just. Well, to me, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, but to me that's a little bit of uh, offensive for people it, because then it's saying that they know better than these workers who are speaking out for themselves. And that's what I'm interested in here is hearing from the workers themselves what they really want, what is best for them. If we're doing anything with state law or anything else, to ostensibly benefit workers, we need to be listening to them what they actually want rather than telling them what we think they need, right? I, that, that's what boggles my mind, and I think it can almost get a little bit offensive when some of these people are saying, well, workers don't really know what they want. You know, they're just saying um, that they want, you know, don't want overtime, but they, they, I don't know, don't know better or something? Are they saying people are not <laughs> smart? These people are smart people. <laughs> Yes, and, and and that is and that is where we start assuming and, and, and thinking for others or we think that we know you know what other people think yeah. and that is just that is just crazy. Um no my the employees that have come to us at the office they're they're pretty worried mm. because um last year, you know, it was more hours. This year is gonna be forty eight. And so they are pretty worried because it's like they know that next year is just gonna be forty hours. Yeah. So they are thinking now. What are we gonna do? How are, and I mean, some or most of our employees are H two A employees. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, we come here, and I mean, it is a lot of money compared to what they make in Mexico. Yeah. But you know, they they are trying to live like people. You know, they they are trying to make a living. They are trying to have a roof over their heads. And now you are cutting that from them. And that is what worries us. And I mean, they they told me, most of them told me, you know, who makes this last? Why weren't we not informed that they were thinking of doing that so we could say something, you know? And most of them don't listen to the news or things like that. But I'm pretty sure if they would know ahead of time, they would have went to the Capitol and and protest or something because it just... It is hurting us. Well, they are talking about now in the state capitol. And by the way, this is The Farming Show. I'm talking with Maggie Perez. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show. She is uh, has a background in HR and administration in uh, at a tree fruit uh, farm in eastern Washington, sharing about what is really happening with workers and our state's new overtime laws, uh, how the unintended consequences have actually been hurting workers, not helping them. Um <laughs> 
Man, I, in Olympia, they do have this idea now that has come from people supporting the farming community saying, you know, at least give an exemption, a 12-week window that a farm can apply for uh, timed to what their busiest, their, at least their guess, because you have to do it in advance. So you, I guess you have to guess when your busiest season is going to be, even though you you never know when Mother Nature is going to make things happen in the field or not. But <laughs> you, apparently you need to guess and then, and then at least least have a window where there's a higher threshold for time and a half pay so that may help ease some of this and allow workers to make more money during harvest times i don't know maggie have you followed any of that or do you know anything about you know would that be a good thing well that would definitely help a bit uh like you said uh we do kind of know like our seasons like you just mentioned before you know like in in May or in June, you you were harvesting this and this and that fruit. Right. Uh, we but, but we have so many different seasons. I mean, we yeah. have the spray season, you know, and then we have our cherry harvest season, and then we have our apple harvest season, and then we have our pear season. So it will be very hard to be like, okay, which one are we going to apply for? Exactly. You know? <laughs> Rather than, yeah, you may have two or three weeks that are really busy for this job. Uh, you may have a month and a half, you know, six weeks that are really busy at a different time for this part of harvest or that harvest. So, yeah, it's still would, like you said, though, potentially be better than nothing to ease some of the burden that this has placed on workers. Yes, yes. Well, we're going to be keeping an eye uh, here at Save Family Farming on this issue, um, encouraging uh, lawmakers, decision makers of of any kind, our our leaders at the state level, uh, to be listening to farm workers and, and responding to what they actually need and want. Um, Maggie, thank you for taking the time to share some of this information about what people really think, um, because I, I, I'd much rather do that than, than just assume uh, and go based off of what other people are saying who aren't really there and aren't really doing it. You know, I think that's, that's so important on, on this issue and so many others to hear from the actual people being affected. So I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this and, and being with us on the program this morning. Thank you so much, and I hope this thing's change pretty soon.